0: Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Olivera McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible.
1: Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. I'm your host, Irvin Lee. I got my good friends and good buddies with me. Say hello, Seth and Neil. How's hey, it going? How guys? Hey man. Good to see you guys. feels like it's been a while, but you know. Since we are friends, it's good to get together and to get together around the table. Absolutely. Excited to have you guys. Thanks for having us. Uh, As we normally do, we anchor ourselves in the word of God. So I'm going to read John chapter 15, verse five, New King James Version. Uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. That's one of my favorite verses, and I try to pray that every day because a lot of times we forget to abide in Christ. And it says that as we abide, which is stay, remain, don't leave, because as we know, we have this tendency as recovered addicts and alcoholics that we want to be our own God. We want to control our own destiny. So I tend to pray that every day so I know, hey, look, don't leave stay with the lord so as we talk about the scripture share kind of what it would mean to you guys as well
2: um something that actually comes to mind is is that chapter in particular and mm-hmm. you know when it comes to abiding uh you know it's in john what is it fifteen fifteen, where it talks about i, I no longer call you servants but i call you friends because yes. you know the the servant doesn't know what the master is doing yeah and Something I can say personally, you know, what's really cool with being a coach with Neil is oh. that same aspect comes to where when, when you're a coach and you've got the the adolescent that you're working with in our case is that it's not like, hey, I'm your master and you're yeah. going to do what I say. It's like I'm actually your friend yeah. and and you get to know that relationship being a friendship. Mm-hmm. And so I can relate to that personally uh, with abiding in Christ is you you become a friend. It's not like you're 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 the master and you demand this it's yes you're sovereign and and there is a master relationship there but uh this is where we get the choice to abide in you and it's when you're apart from that vine you're not going to bear any fruit but being in that friendship and being in that relationship you're going to bear much fruit
3: yeah yeah when i think about my lifestyle before and after you know with Mm -hmm. god and before without yeah born nothing you know everything everything i I tried to build or everything. I tried to pursue it. Just it would always fall apart. Yeah. It would always amount to nothing. When I reached the finish line, it wasn't what I thought it was going <laughs> to be. It was just like, what am I doing? Yeah. And you know, today in my life, the challenge I have is simply remembering, mm-hmm. remembering to check in and connect first. Because if I'm not connected with God, then what am I doing? Yeah. Am I really just? Am I pouring from an empty well? Yeah. And. good, especially for us who are in recovery and do sponsorship Mm -hmm. when I'm sponsoring a guy I have to remember where that comes from where the counsel and where the words are coming from I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to be a vessel and so if I forget to open myself and connect and let him flow through me then what am I giving am am I just giving for me because it's not the same yeah you know that's what I have to remember
1: yeah You, you know when I met Neil and then I met Seth for our audience so known them for a while. And what's so impressive about both of you guys is there's a word that comes to mind that I don't see a lot in young guys. And that's the the willingness, the willingness to listen, the, the willingness to learn, and then the willingness to be vulnerable, right? To be vulnerable about, hey, these are the challenges. Hey, this is what I'm dealing with. And then allow someone to pour into your life because When I spend time with you guys, I I see it this way. It's kind of the iron sharpening iron, as the Word of God says. And Neil, I want to delve again into what you've started and what you and Seth are building together, Mm -hmm. and that's elevated lifestyle. So, so talk about it, but tell us, go back a little bit and tell us what was the impetus? What was the goal and the mission and the vision that helped you create what you've created uh, thus far?
3: Sure. So at Elevated Lifestyle Academy, what we do is we help families navigate through the treatment process, process yeah. um, understand addiction, yeah. and most importantly, help their loved one transition from that into a healthier lifestyle.
0: Yeah,
3: um, I thought about, excuse me, I thought about when we were in high school and my family going through this stuff and all yep. the questions we had and how lost we were, yeah. and we just simply couldn't find the answers and we even when we did find answers, they sometimes weren't good enough mm-hmm. and they were not good answers. Okay. And so the idea behind this was to provide families with those answers, okay. sit with them in their pain yeah. and walk with them through it. Okay. so. The way I, the best illustration I can give for it is we go and we sit with people in their pain. We -hmm. help them rise up and stand up in it and we walk them out of it. What we do with the loved ones is we let them feel the support. It's very much like a big brother relationship. Okay. Um, We connect with them, establish trust. Yeah show them how to do it. It's not a, we're not barking orders. We're not pointing our finger. We're not saying you should do this. You should have done that. It's, I get it. I understand. I'm here with you. Mm -hmm. Can I help you? And let me walk with you and let me show you. So it's, um, there's more relationship. This is about a relationship and understanding one another Mm -hmm. and connecting and ultimately showing them what has restored us.
1: Mm. That's good. And and what I take away from what you said is you got to start with this love, right? Mm-hmm. I was telling a gentleman this morning, I said, the one thing I remember, and I'm asking God to work it out of me, is for six months, no one really told me they loved me. They just kept mm-hmm. telling me what I needed to do. You need to stop drinking, you need to uh you need help. All these you need, but yeah. we, we kind of know that. And I'm I'm glad to hear you guys start with love. And then I talk to the parents a little bit, because I, I see parents struggling when they have children, especially young adults who are in their active addiction. Sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I think one of the, the main thing I see families be frustrated about is that they won't listen. Mm-hmm. He won't listen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand that. So why would we keep trying to speak? Why why not try another option? And Mm -hmm. so this really helps because we provide as a voice that comes from someone who they can relate to and that has walked through what they're going through. Something that's very frustrating about um, being an active addiction is you feel like no one understands you. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, my mother and my father, they weren't going through the stuff I was going through. Yeah. They were going through it with me and mm-hmm. they were suffering, but they didn't understand how I felt. Mm-hmm. So there was a big disconnect. And I I think I developed some resentment towards them for yeah. their inability to understand me, even though that wasn't their fault. Yeah. So what I do is educate the parents and help them understand you're not wrong yeah. for not being able to speak into him right now. Mm-hmm. However, you can make poor decisions in that moment and push too much and push Mm -hmm. him away. And so I help them from pushing him further away. Mm -hmm. I help them establish new habits and new ways to support and love because help is supposed to be doing something that does something good for someone, right? You're supposed to benefit from that. Well, sometimes they're saying, we're helping him, we're helping him. If what you're doing as help is pushing him away, you're hurting both of you. And so um, being that buffer and bringing them back together is the goal. Mm-hmm. Is bring that communication back into the home.
1: Okay. And Seth, I know now you are working alongside Neil. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me, as you are starting to work with these young men, mm-hmm. talk about the importance of a rhythm of living and then for the parents to be patient for mm-hmm. the results in the process.
2: Yeah, so the, the rhythm of living, for me, you know, I know it's the same thing for Neil is like, I can think square one, like mm-hmm. day one in sobriety, I knew that I didn't want to be this guy that wears a pocket shirt with his Marlboros, you know, sitting in there, his Winston's <laughs> yeah. has a big belly, eats fast food and drinks a pot of coffee a day. Yeah, Like I knew I'm that sponsor. was- Sponsor, <laughs> I love my <when> sponsor. <laughs> you know, we love you, sponsor, we do, do. we, we do. love you, we, do. we love you. But for me, it was like, I knew I wanted more than that. Like I knew that there was, there was something like, for me, that wasn't gonna work. Yeah. You know, yeah. for me, it was like, that doesn't even seem appealing. Like yeah. I'd rather do what I'm doing now than do yeah. that. And so for me, uh, as a coach, you know, I want to show these guys that there's a better way of living, yeah. not just this is what you need to do yeah. and this is how you're going to grow spiritually and emotionally, but also have the physical component of it. Yeah. Like like I have to have that for my life for me to walk in sobriety. Yeah. And I know that these young guys are going to enjoy that just as much yes. because there's mm-hmm. there's something that happens when you exercise. There's it something is. that happens when a part of that morning meditation, it's like, for me, I do my quiet time before I go into the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, it's it's doing that. And then now we've got the physical. And it's like, even while I'm in the middle of that process, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, you know, God speaks loudly, and sometimes he doesn't. And to understand uh that that doesn't mean God's speaking. Yeah, that just means God's always speaking, as we know, it's just the fact that we're not able to hear. To uh, and so Teaching these young men, you know, that there is a pattern and with that pattern is yeah. that God reveals, we respond. Yeah. That's our lives. God reveals some facet of his nature yeah. and then we respond to it. And out of that response, it's sharing the message with others. It's helping others. It's getting outside of self. It's doing something different. And mm-hmm. to show young men that there is a pattern that we can follow after, that's a better way of doing things. You know? I love I love that. You know?
1: And and Neil, now that you have Elevated Lifestyle Academy and I, I see it doing this, it's growing and it's blessing people, mm-hmm. explain to our audience the difference in your academy and what you and Seth are doing versus other things that are out there.
3: Sure. So a lot of coaches typically just spend time with them and they kind of show them and take them. I mean, coaching is a very... um I'm trying to find the right way to say it. It's so open that there's so many different coaching styles. Typically and traditionally you see recovery coaching is spending time with someone who's new to recovery and showing them what it looks like, just taking them to to meetings, showing them what it looks like to get a sponsor and work steps Mm -hmm. and helping them understand a healthier lifestyle moving forward. We take that a step further. Mm -hmm. Um, we are very intentional about nutrition. We're very intentional about the workouts. We're very intentional about um, health and lifestyle and productivity. So there's measurables. So we're pushing because the, the way we believe is that sobriety mm-hmm. is an opportunity mm-hmm. to live mm-hmm. again. That's it's good. to that's start good. anew. Yeah. And so if God has blessed me with this new opportunity, the only thing, there is only one option, that's take full advantage of yeah. it and do it to the best of our ability. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we approach this. The other thing that we do is the other piece for the families. Um, most coaching services do not provide the level of service we do for the families. Mm -hmm. And we even bring in a clinician, um, especially for the families, uh, for mom and dad when that's necessary. Um, and the music lessons, um, We're trying to help. We want these guys to thrive. And again, it's ages 15 all the way up to 35. So we've got guys who are in high school. We've got guys who are home from college. You know, this is the time in their life where you you discover who you are and what you have to contribute to the world. Uh, So we just have fun really taking a deep dive
1: and finding who they are inside. Oh, man, that, that is so good because especially with our young guys, Mm -hmm. a lot of times the guys that I know and I talk to who are uh, becoming and getting into recovery, they don't Mm -hmm. feel heard, right? Mm -hmm. And you guys are actually listening. Then the other thing that I Mm -hmm. noticed that is important to what you guys do is just the discipline. So Seth, talk about the importance of of daily discipline in your life, spiritually, mentally, and also physically a little bit. Uh,
2: So daily discipline for me, Uh, as I'd mentioned before is, is getting quiet, uh, first thing in the morning, you know, that's a non-negotiable, you know, Neil has often reminded me of non-negotiables and, and you'll hear, uh, you know, Jocko, you know, speaks very often of, of non-negotiables in life. Uh, it's, there's not a, if it's, it's a, when, if I don't do those things, you know, yeah it's, it's guarantee that I'm gonna screw up, that yeah. I'm gonna fall flat on my face. Yeah. It's when those things start to slow down in my life, I can see maybe I start getting an attitude with my wife <laughs> yeah. or maybe uh, I'm a little bit you know more rough with others, even with some of my clients. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate to say that, but if but if I don't focus on the Lord, if I don't have that days, daily discipline of getting before Him, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I'm gonna be a little bit more rough. Yeah. Uh, I can <laughs> I like guarantee that. you my workout is even gonna go poorly. <laughs> Uh, you know, there, there's been moments where, you know, I've aggressively gone into the gym and lifted uh, because I'm angry or upset. Maybe I'm listening to metal music in my head. And i saying that there's, you know, all metal music's bad. Yeah. But... I can remember just having injuries occur because yeah. I'm not focusing on my workout. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just going in there and getting aggressive and yeah. making something happen. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm crawling out of the gym because I'm hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and so speaking to those young men, yeah, like, like it's great. It's I remember uh, a moment of even doing <laughs> that where I'm, I'm blaring some metal music and yeah. my sacrum popped out of place while I was squatting. Oh, okay. Uh had to get reset, you know, and, and this is, this is a fun thing at the time. I didn't have health insurance. I remember calling, I'm calling Neil with this problem and he goes, uh, well, let me ask you a question. He said, uh, do you, do you have insurance? No. He goes, well, do you have, uh, the money out of pocket to go with the, uh, the ER bill like to pay right now? Uh, he goes, and I go, well, no, he goes, well, then you don't go, you go get adjusted at the chiropractor and you figure it out from there. And, Learning that kind of in sobriety is like that's a part of the discipline. Is that we don't rack up debt. You know, yeah. Uh, what does it say in God's words that we're supposed to owe man nothing but to love?
0: Yeah,
2: uh, and it's not to say that tragic things don't happen. And all of a sudden you get into a tragic car accident or you get shot. You know, yeah. in a convenience store. Like, of course. Like, I'm not saying, hey, nope, nope. I work a program. Yeah. Uh, don't operate on me. Like, that's not not the case. But it's learning that there's disciplines in order. There's yeah. there's structure. There's principles that we live by, that you know we have to follow. Yeah. And if we don't follow those things, you know, it's not just that uh, bad things are going to happen, but we're not going to be happy. We're not going to be whole. And we're not going to be healthy.
1: Yeah. Well, talk uh, talk about um, the importance of a sponsor, or and what I like to call an accountability partner, because I, mm-hmm. I want you to. And y'all hold each other accountable, right? Mm -hmm. And I have men in my life that hold me accountable that say, you're not drinking, but you're kind of acting like you used to when you were drinking. That's not cool to hear, but I know that they're telling me the truth. So talk about those two things and the importance of them.
3: Sponsorship is huge because I need someone who's already gone in the building. I need Mm -hmm. someone who's gone in the building, seen the layout, walked through, has been working there for a while, and he can open the door for me. Yep. that's mm-hmm. the sponsor is the guy who opens the door greets you you know when you go to church there's yep. greeters the guy who opens yep. the door the sponsor opens the door for you greets you and then goes with you mm-hmm. he, he doesn't just greet you he says let me show you mm-hmm. and then he that's walks good. you through and he shows you around my sponsor has become the alcoholic father i'd never had yeah. my dad's not an alcoholic mm-hmm. i love him dearly and we're very close mm-hmm. my sponsor Has poured into my life in ways that my dad couldn't have, because it—it's an event, a circumstance where he was able to say, Mm -hmm. "When I went through this and my sobriety, here's what I did and here's how I handled it." My dad would have said the same thing. Yeah. Fortunately for my dad, he didn't have to go (laughs) into sobriety and (laughs) (laughs) what that looks like. (laughs) You know. Yeah. Um, So a sponsor is important because. We need that guy. Yeah. We need someone who's been there and has walked through it yeah. because there's all these little things that come up yeah. early in recovery. Man, like, oh, no, man, you don't get it. You don't yeah. get it. He's like, oh, I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about this. Yeah. And uh, and it, he also showed me how to sponsor other men Yeah, because that element of the program is very important. So having a good sponsor to show you how to sponsor is mm-hmm. important. Um, the accountability partner is huge because, yeah. okay, how many times growing up, if you had a sibling, if you had a um, I'm not talking to dad right now. Yeah, I don't want to talk to dad. Oh, I just yeah, talked yeah, to yeah. him. I didn't like what he said. Yeah, well, he came at me sideways. Like I'm done with him. I'm yeah, like, I'm not talking to dad for the rest of the week. <laughs> yeah, oh, where's my brother at? <laughs> yeah, I'll go find my brother. Yeah, mm-hmm. and my brother says, "Well, you know what, dude? That was stupid. You know what you did? You should have done it this way." So. If I were you, I would go to this. Yeah, That's my accountability partner. Oh,
1: that's that's, that's
3: my brother. Yeah. And because I know I'll call Seth and be like, this dude said this yeah. and this, mm-hmm. and he's all the way messed up yeah. and he's got me all wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Seth say, well, you know, what do you think about it? How do you feel about it? Well, to tell you the truth, I don't really feel good about it. I think I may have said too much. Perhaps you did. Maybe you should apologize to him.
1: Mm-hmm. You know
3: what, Seth, you're right. Let me call him back. And then a couple hours later, maybe I don't hate my sponsor. Yeah. Maybe he isn't such a bad guy. Yeah. You know, and that all happened because I had this to mm-hmm. turn to. And so, uh, and we've talked about this urban before. Yeah. I have a sponsor, but I have that board of directors. Yeah. yeah. I've got all these men in my life who, yeah. the way I, when I build new relationships and mm-hmm. establish new friends, it's mm-hmm. what I listen to this guy. Yeah. Would I listen to him and do mm-hmm. I think he could give me some good direction when I need it? Mm-hmm. If the answer is yes, then okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's somewhere to invest and someone to build with. And so I have a bunch of those guys. Mm-hmm. And so I know that if this isn't sitting well or if they're going through stuff, yeah. we're all humans. Yeah. So when my sponsor, which my sponsor went through some heavy stuff at a time, yeah. I needed those other guys. Mm-hmm. Because I, he needed time yeah. with his family, with God for himself. And so in those times, I need to know where to go because it's not an option to say, well, I guess I ain't asking for help. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. no.
1: Yeah, so you know, that's good. And thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Let's pivot and let's talk to our young men and young women about what we all had to do. And that was kind of clean house. The people, our our friends, because we have, I I thought I had a lot of friends, but they were just really drinking friends and they aren't my real friends. But it still hurt to have to to distance and remove them from my life. But talk you both talk about the importance of that.
0: Hmm.
2: I can actually just come from from this perspective at first. So I remember when I took my first stab at sobriety, uh, you know, I, I didn't really have a group of friends that I could run to immediately. Yeah and i can specifically see this this image in my head of me being uh, checked into a intensive outpatient yeah i uh, was living with my aunt and uncle at the time and would go there during the daytime i uh, would actually stay at this outpatient treatment facility like all day long would yeah. do my schoolwork and would come home but i remember going through this checklist and they're asking me you know what types of drugs have you done
0: yeah
2: and my aunt's like not believing the answers that i'm giving her she's like
0: <laughs> yeah
2: and i'm not wanting to to let her know everything, you yeah, know? Yeah. Cause it's like, and, and so I can encourage not just the, the younger, you know, generation, but also mm-hmm. the parents in this case of like, allow a professional, you know, to take these answers first, to go through these, because you're probably not going to get the whole picture, That's you good. know? And, and, and for me, like if I would have had a coach at the time that would have been there away from my parents and been able to answer these questions. Like I would have been able to do that, trusting God and cleaning house and helping yeah. others probably a little bit more effectively. Because uh, I was like, I don't want them to know that things are this bad. Yeah. You know, and so I want to encourage every young person to uh, be able to have somebody that you can trust, uh, you know, and, and to work through that that way. Uh, and then maybe you're able to process that a little bit better you yeah. know, if, if that helps a little
3: yeah and what i realize is my friends are not the people who like the things i like yeah. my friends are not the people who go the places i go mm-hmm. my friends are the people who want good things for me yeah if i go and tell my friends that i'm getting sober which i did yeah and when i told them hey i'm not doing this i was the i was the guy who got the dope yeah like i was the guy who brought the fun a lot of times yeah. and i was the guy who brought the energy yeah. so i just told these guys that your party's going to be a little bit less forever Mm-hmm. In all honesty, they were probably a little bit relieved because I probably scared some folks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know, it was it was important for me to recognize when someone is upset with me for doing something that is good for me. Yeah, that I'm doing what's best for me.
1: Yeah,
3: they are not on my team. Yeah, so I need to find people who are on my team, want good things for me. Yeah, and. I want to be around people who want to do better for themselves mm-hmm. and so i you know we look for people who are wanting to do well for themselves yeah and wanting to see us do well yeah so it says you know yeah. it's not complicated but i can't choose relationships based on they wear what i like to wear yeah. they do what i like to do That's well good. we're humans yeah. yeah you know all of these things are designed to attract human beings yeah mm-hmm. so just because uh, this dude likes what I like doesn't mean we're equally yoked you know <laughs>
0: yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. is no, not my
1: brother is. yeah you know yeah. I just like your shirt and that's okay yeah, yeah. that's it and that's where it ends yeah talk also both of you on this subject a lot of people think being sober is boring so dispel that notion and rumor no first again
2: yeah man uh it's actually not boring. Are you bored? Right now? No, no, not at all. <laughs> no, uh, it, you know, it, it's like what's what's interesting is, is like it's not. You know, as I was touching on earlier, like for me, I knew that that more was necessary, yeah. and so I mean, we still go to concerts. Uh, we still like. I've, i we just went and recently saw a band play that. Like the last time I was at this concert. Yeah. I was tripping on all all sorts of stuff. Like, (laughs) like I was literally hallucinating and and what was funny was I'm, I'm 99% sure the guy that was sitting next to us at this concert was the same guy that was like hyperventilating when I saw this band play back in 2009. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And so there's, there's still fun things that happen uh, and there's still really, really good times of getting involved in fitness, but something that I can, can say, and and I know you can probably relate to this. Like we could all go have dinner right now uh, in a place where they're serving alcoholic yep. beverages or sit at a table while people are having drinks and not even obsess over it, not think oh. about it. Like I'm going to have a diet, Dr. Pepper in a water. Yeah, You order your scotch, like big deal, you yeah. know? Uh, and so now we can do those things. And so maybe it's like when you're first in sobriety, we, they can't really do the things that we do now mm-hmm. necessarily, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so it's not like we're heathens and that we just, you know, yeah. hang out in the tavern all day. Yeah. But, uh, you, as time goes on, you actually get to have more and more fun and it's yeah. because you get a greater level of freedom,
0: yeah. you know?
2: And so when God gives us that freedom, it's not freedom to just do with what we want
0: yeah.
2: uh, and just get away with it. It's not like, you know, as Paul talks about, it's not that we have this license to sin and get away with it, yeah. that freedom and grace is given and more gets revealed and the road actually gets more and more narrow, yeah. but we feel more freedom. We're actually able to do uh, more things and actually have more fun, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah
3: yeah and i it's funny when guys say that no it's not yeah. gonna be fun there's nothing to do what do you like to do for fun we'll drink like okay. Yeah. Like, we'll like okay what else like we'll get high like okay what else it's like well that's it it's like all right baby you don't even know yourself <laughs> you, don't, you don't even know, so life yet. Even know yeah. what he likes to do yeah. for fun and yeah. that was me i didn't know what i'd like to no, do for fun. i like to do methamphetamine okay. and drink alcohol yeah. like that's a really good time for me yeah and find things to break. I don't know. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, when I got sober and I realized that, okay, now I don't even know myself. And Mm -hmm. when I started to learn who I am and discover the things I like and what I, what Mm -hmm. I'm good at, I then found myself with just endless stuff to do. Mm -hmm. And then when I started um, becoming good at things, I had value and then I had something to contribute. And then when I started pouring into (laughs) people's lives, I then had something to do and people were waiting for me and yeah, they relied really. on me. And when all of that stuff begins, you never run out of stuff to do. No, that's good. And anybody I know who says I'm bored, I don't have anything to do. I know of at least 10 nonprofits in Dallas, Fort Worth, <laughs> they got a lot for you to we do. We got something <laughs> fun to do, yeah. send them our way. So Come on. That's yeah. the beauty of service work, yeah, yeah. Yeah. service work. Yeah, so. that,
1: that, that's good. Okay, as we get ready to close, uh, two things. Uh, I see a lot of parents, right? And I want you guys to talk to our parents because sometimes parents feel like, what did I do wrong? They have this sense of guilt around what, when we go into addiction, I, I watch parents and even I think I saw it even with my own parents of like, man, what, what did we do? So so talk to them and, and set their hearts at ease. That's one question. and. And one thing I'd like you to do, and then talk about the importance of service to our uh, continued recovery. Mm. Those are my two. Okay. I think I
2: can touch on the parent part really, okay. really easily. Okay. Uh, seeing a young guy, you know, recently uh, that I know that has been trying to, you know, start his journey in recovery mm-hmm. and experienced probably a little too much freedom a little too quickly, okay. and so encouraging the parents to have wisdom. Like, yeah, your, your child may start doing good things or they may start walking recovery and it seems like their behavior is changing, but don't be so quick to just relinquish all control and basically say, you can do whatever you want. We trust you a hundred percent. Like my parents did that. They're like, Oh, he's having this encounter with God. He's serving at the church. He's playing on the worship team. Like, let's give him a truck. Uh, he doesn't even need to work a job. Just go to school and do whatever you want. And so it could all say, I'm going to go hang out with so-and-so. And really, I was not hanging out with so-and-so. I would use my friend uh, Josh from Youth Group as an excuse. (laughs) i really, yeah, hey, Josh, hope you're doing well now. (laughs) But would actually go hang out with Jody. And Jody and his older brother both overdosed and died off of heroin uh, within the past five years. And so looking at it from that aspect of, you know, that's not to terrify you guys, but to give a little bit of the fear of the Lord. You know, the beginning of wisdom comes what? The fear of the Lord. And so if we have the fear of the Lord, we're going to have a healthy, uh, you know, balance of wisdom in our lives and to know to not relinquish control immediately.
1: And let me add something there before you go. You're right, because Mm -hmm. I know and I watch. They think we go to rehab. Then we go to sober living and we work a program that we're fixed. Like all of a sudden, in let's call it 90 days, you're fixed. I wasn't fixed in Mm -hmm. 90 days and I I had a lot of what I call guardrails and actually kind of rules of how I was living my life until I felt like I had a foundation of sobriety to where then I could start to do some of the things you Mm -hmm. you you talk about. And I would say this. My family was probably the opposite. They were like watching. We go to a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Is that water? Is there alcohol Mm -hmm. in there? I, Mm -hmm. I would say they probably pushed a little bit too extreme right mm-hmm. so i think there's that that balance that mm-hmm. you're talking about so
3: yeah
1: talk to us neil what you got
3: you know when and the parents still have to we're all under the same law right yeah so god tells us that he has a job and we have a job mm-hmm. and a lot of parents see this problem and they think we've got to fix it we've got to fix him we've got to fix her and so they just swarm, smother them. Mm-hmm. And well, you didn't create the problem. Parents don't create this problem. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something that we're born with the predisposition to drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Every human also is born with free will. We get to make decisions. And sometimes those are very serious decisions and they're very costly. Mm-hmm. Um, the best advice I could say is to know where your job ends and God's begins. Mm. And so if I've stopped doing what God's instructed me to do with my kids because I'm doing something else trying to make it better for them, mm-hmm. but I've stopped being obedient to God in the way I raise my children, that's, yeah. good, that's right? a problem. Yeah, Go that's back good. to doing what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but just like anything else in life, we have people who specialize in these areas. Yeah, And that's what we're here for. So the best advice I can give is to seek out community support groups, mm-hmm. seek out your experts in this field, and take their direction, (laughs) take their direction. It's there for a reason, you know, but don't be discouraged because I, man, I was blessed. I have some amazing parents and an amazing family and I did some crazy stuff. So for me to put that on them would be asinine. You know, it's just not realistic. Um, The service work piece, that brings me out of myself. Mm -hmm. It reminds me that my problems are not the only ones in the world. It reminds me that they're not so bad And it reminds me that this is not all about me. Yeah. This is all about we. Yeah. We, you know, it's about us. Service work reminds me that I am here to be a vessel and to be conduit. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me that it's about us. Man.
1: Uh, Amen. That's well said. And I want to thank you guys as we close. Thank You, you. You 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 are two of my favorite young guys because I'm really big on. People say a lot of stuff, right? But my whole thing is I'm always watching what you do. Mm -hmm. And I love the consistency of the work that you guys put in. I love the discipline that you have in your life. Not only with just the eating, the working out, but then I watch you guys and your relationships with your ladies and and you're newly married. So, Mm -hmm. you know, God bless you and congratulations (laughs) on that. So you're going to need a lot of discipline. Oh, yeah. You're going to need a lot of prayers because it's great. Uh, It's the hardest job you'll ever love. (laughs) So I'm proud of you. And Neil, I want you to take us out, tell everyone where they can reach you and any final words that you want to add.
3: Sure. The best way to get a hold of us is through the website, www.elevatedlifestyleacademy.com. Also on Instagram and Facebook, Elevated Lifestyle Academy, LLC. Um, I post a video every Monday and that's talking about life skills, things that I've learned, uh, things that have to do with the coaching we do, families, um, just how to improve our lifestyles and be better people. Uh, You can also find me on Instagram at nealson s o n eighty five. And you can find Seth at
2: Seth, S-E-T-H, then Peebles90 at Gmail and also at NTX Fortified Fitness.
3: So if you reach out to any of those, we'll be glad to help you.
1: All right. Thank you guys so much. And please, if you enjoy the show, please su- support our ministry at FromBeerToTheBible.com or HamptonMinistries.org, please. And may God richly bless you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's From Beer to the Bible. Make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and Sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there for you.